0: Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It a it
2: a it's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Let's go! Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 98 eight of the witty, not funny sports podcast the number one self-rated podcast about sports entertainment and everything in between and as always part of the built-in buffalo podcast network go follow us at witty sports 716 on twitter on instagram and follow everything the built-in buffalo family has given you twitter instagram facebook tiktok Taken over at built-in buffalo underscore check us out check all the shows out great content every single day from built-in buffalo we are your hosts i am mac greco he is tony ambrose tony what's going on
1: it's the weedy not ball. New podcast is starting now. We end with Bugo Bills. Matt, what's up? Matt, I have big news. Big news. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say big news. Right off the I top. Have,
2: right at the top. Is got, what's the big
1: got, news? I just cut my foot open. I literally just cut my foot open. <laughs> my foot is bleeding right now
2: again no no no, no. <laughs> different
1: well different toe same foot different toe <laughs>
2: you had scoops but right now I,
1: two two wounds two wounds like i just kicked like the glass of uh, the glass of a picture frame like a g- glass square and uh i'm oh. looking at my bleeding and i i have pressure i'm pressurizing my bleeding foot right now
2: Do we need to like take a five minute break here right off the bat. <laughs> i'll take care of it it's fine i can multitask what a what a warrior podcasting while his toes bleeding. I do it for Witty Nation, baby.
1: It's all (laughs) for Witty
2: Nation. It's all for you. Wow. Tony, you have a, uh, I don't even know what it is, a a profinity for cutting your toes open. (laughs) I do. I did several years ago. I did sustain a
1: very deep and and, gruesome uh, (laughs) gruesome and handicapping cut to the bottom of my left big toe, which is to specify the big toe on my left foot, I'm not some kind of freak that has two big toes. But the. the I mean, yeah, the,
2: until you cut one off and then after your toe.
1: Right, right. The the injury then was. That that took months to heal. Well, it took a, nice. probably about six weeks, honestly, to heal. This is. uh, I'm hoping to be back in action within a day. Oh, that's a lot of blood, though. It's so common well we'll see
2: what happens happens. if we need to stop at any point just just let us know i'll drop our predetermined safe word yes which is not determined yet yep that sounds good Uh, (laughs) right well can our predetermined word be tippy toe (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't that to be fitting. Tippy-toe, tippy-toe. Mm-hmm. Lemon tree. In this case. Oh my goodness, Tony. Just like you are throwing it back to your toe-cutting days at Scoobs. Uh, I thought for our draft season, actually, let's let's, let's do a, a recap of what this episode entails. We got a big episode for the listeners. I can't I can't go without big time. starting this big show time without episode. saying this. Big time episode. Later on, our first ever current rostered Bills player joins us, Kingsley Jonathan, Bills rookie, defensive edge from Syracuse, right before training camp, joins this awesome interview with Kingsley. He has an amazing story, an amazing journey to the NFL, spending his first 16 years of his life in Nigeria, not knowing the game of football, coming over, getting a scholarship to Syracuse, and now living his NFL dream in Bill's training camp. Just a really good story, really good guy. Awesome listeners. Stick around. Definitely, you want to hear the Kingsley Jonathan interview. Tony, you were not due to toe cutting, but unable to join, but you read up on Kingsley and you are very intrigued by his story as well.
1: Amazing story. What the bills should be about. He just has a tremendous background. It's, it's, it's not the traditional route to the NFL that you absolutely, might think. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Undrafted. He's, he's got that dog mentality, motivated guy. We, we love our, from our early days of this podcast, wondering where Kendall Gaskins is, if he's going to show up in training camp and Tony, when you go to training camp, just make sure you keep an eye out for that as well. And the journey, the mission never stops with the Kendall Gaskins watch, but we love under the radar guys who might not be household names, but make an impact in training camp, catch the coach eye, Catch the fans' eye. A couple of years ago, obviously, like guys like Christian Wade, somebody who comes out of the blue. I, th- I think Kingsley is going to be that guy this year.
1: You think he's a future camp crush that will that will take the Bills nation by storm
2: in Absolutely. terms of who
1: the underdog we all root for? Wow, that's a big prediction to say he's going to be Absolutely. the Brandon Riley of this generation.
2: After talking to him, I, I have no doubt. All right. Well, whatever we can do to perpetuate Write that, that down. We, we we will. So big episode. And later on in a couple minutes here, after we do our draft season, Tony, we got a review of your second fan advisory board meeting. So very intrigued to hear how that went down, <laughs> what was discussed. But Tony, before we get into Bill's stuff, let's kick it off with our draft season as we do top of the show every week during the summer here. Hashtag draft SCN. Tony, let's throw it back as we approach 100 episodes of this podcast. Unbelievably, never thought we, oh, we get to a hundred and we still might not, we got two left. So stay tuned listeners. <laughs> uh, <if> Tony's toe <laughs> has anything to do about it. We're, we're not going to get to a Tony, but let's throw it back to, I thought for this week we could do the best nineties fads. We're kids of the nineties growing up during that decade. Some of our favorite nineties fads, whether it be in music, movies, TV, school, fashion trends, any, anything plays here. So Tony, let's do a little, uh, throwback in, uh, why don't you kick it off with your number one pick for your favorite '90s fad? You remember? Okay, up. so
1: I'm I'm thrilled to have the honor of the first overall pick in this draft. Uh, because be. to me, as as I often do, I'm glad that it turns to me. As I often predict at the beginning of this draft, there is a definitive number one. There is a clear as day. There's no Ryan Leaf to confuse our Peyton Manning with this one. For us. <laughs> For who we are, for our mission, for our culture, for our people, obviously. Is number one on my board the same as your number one? Because my number one clearly has to be Zubas. Oh,
2: that is, that is a good one. I did not have that on my board.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Maybe Obviously a just wild an oversight. over
2: oversight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't From know. Me. See, Is it an oversight, Matt? Or is it because to us, Zubas isn't owned by the nineties. It's ubiquitous to our life. Zuba, yeah, like just, Zubas to the world was a nineties trend. Zubas for yeah. us is just as something everyday. that started yeah. in the nineties and never stopped up until today. And we'll continue that's a, that's to do that mm-hmm. That's a good
2: point. Maybe I had a massive oversight here because it was part of my Bills life, but it wasn't part of like everyday life. I wasn't wearing Zubas mm-hmm. to school. And maybe that's why I, I, I didn't look to it on my big board, but it's a great yeah. pick. It's a, a staple of our our Bills culture, of our Buffalo culture. We, we, we own Zubas. Other teams have tried to impersonate the Zubas and it's just not the same as, as when the Bills mafia wears it. It, those fans wear it so tony take me down uh um this is your life of your your zuba experience <laughs> uh, well
1: i suppose my zuba experience starts as my, as it did for many in courtry elementary a blue ribbon school not a big deal whatever and uh, whatever. as many of us were wearing zubas myself included of course red white and blue classic zubas i, I think that's what's amazing about zubas is that like for us you know it's one design. It's red, wine, and blue. That's all we see. But I definitely had Zubas in a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Red, and blue, as Bill Zubas, of course, staple, quintessential. But I know I had green Zubas. I know I had blue and gold Zubas. I was ready to hit it with that. That's probably all I had. I wasn't dominating my wardrobe or anything, but it was certainly a piece of 90s fashion that I was embracing, as my entire friend group was. I'm surprised to hear it wasn't the case for you. Where'd you go to, Oh, I'm surprised. Right, okay, yeah, I'm surprised to hear that you that you guys up on the hill were not. Uh, no, we're not. No, I had zubas. zubas. No, I no, I, I get it, man. Your elementary school up on the hill. Then you left. You went to private school. The, the writing's <laughs> on the wall. Okay, we we get it. We get it.
2: Not to not to turn my nose up on anyone. like zubas, 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 I, I feel like zubas privilege. were just. <laughs> check my privilege at the door. I feel like yeah. Zubas were part of a bigger fashion trend of just comfy clothing. It's like Zuba pants, starter winter jacket, just a big, puffy, kind of comfortable, flowing piece of clothing item. <laughs> that was that was the 90s to me. And Zubas also had those great ads with like Frank Wright and not only wearing the Zuba pants, but the Zuba hat and the Zuba shirt. I mean, Zubas is a great pick. It's a staple of this society. It's a staple of this fandom. I like the phrase staple of this
1: society. Yeah. It's a staple of this society
2: like a buffalo society You're
1: right oh okay yeah okay they well, meant just like western culture in general
2: it should be i don't know if it's <laughs> yeah, hit, know. That, hit that pantheon when
1: here, when this year's incoming class of college freshmen goes to their western civ 101 classes at least half that semester is going to be about zubas you know it
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely great number one pick uh, obviously throwing to the bills there my number one pick tony just because again every day after school this was my life after school television whether Mm. it was the early early 90s of Nickelodeon or the late 90s of Total Request Live. Every day after school, I had to watch in the early 90s, the Nickelodeon cartoons. Hey Arnold, Rugrats, Doug, late 90s, TRL, even though the top 10 list was generally the same day after day. I had to watch that dork Carson Daly every day for some reason and his painted fingernails just to see who made the top 10, to see what guests were. I mean, after school television, no homework, just come home from school, get off the bus, walk in the door, throw my book bag down and turn on whatever television program I wanted to watch and at whatever age I was at. So, and sometimes I made my own. Sometimes I would pop in the uh, the VCR recording, maybe a late night uh, Tom Green show or celebrity Deathmatch. put it on after school, couldn't watch it at 11 o'clock at night on MTV, pop it in after school. I made my own TV schedule. So after school television viewing, one of my favorite 90s fans.
1: When you said pop in Tom Green for the first 15 seconds of that, I thought you were popping in a tape of Red Green. And I was like, Red, Red Green was definitely not on, on 11 o'clock at Night. What are you talking about? Like you probably could have just turned it on. It was on all the time. Did you watch the Red Green Show, Matt? I did not. In a rare, in a rare. Tom Green's father? No, 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 no. The Red Green Show is something that that only I think a a certain sect of our listeners will be because you had to be living in Buffalo at the time to get or 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 yeah or Canada. <laughs> but but we got it on the CBC because CBC and Bu- CBC broadcasts in Buffalo, but not beyond. It was basically a sketch comedy show of tool time, whereas we had to suspend belief that Tim Allen was blowing things up by accident, right. and, like it blowing up in his face, you know, comedically. Red Green was a sketch comedy show of a handyman who would just fix everything with duct tape and it usually wouldn't work. Or they were like outrageous projects like turning your van. And into a convertible van, and just like with a bunch of duct tape and stuff like that. It was pretty wild. It it's was the Red show? Green show.
2: No. Okay. It was, it,
1: was a, it was a show that worked for everyone in the family. But you know, when I think of my after school television for maybe too long, after school you know what i'm putting on as routine what's your go to people's court oh yeah i was i was definitely up on people's court i was definitely trying to see what what justice judge cash was going to bring to the bring to the room what i was that tony thing?
2: up on the people's yeah. court
1: yep staying don't, up don't, on the people's don't. court <laughs> You can can go watch Super Sloppy Double Dare. I'll join you after. That
2: that, that was my go-to. Like Nickelodeon, whether it was the cartoons or later on, like mid-90s, Nickelodeon game shows was my jam. We always mention Legends of the Hidden Temple on this podcast. Nick Arcade, Double Dare, what would you do? Like anything Nickelodeon game show category-wise. I was tuned into. Don't bother me. This is my half hour. And then when... This is my time. You know, this is my time. And then in the 2000s, when Nickelodeon segmented off to Nick Gas as a channel, that was incredible. It was Nickelodeon game shows 24 hours a day. It was was amazing. So yeah, TV viewing after school. Tony, what is your number two choice?
1: Uh, My number two choice is like yours, something of an umbrella choice, something of a routine, something of a cultural behavior and it's sarcastic hand signals talk to the hand that was an honorable mention yep Yep. oh w whatever put in the two w's together and there was like a little rhyme that i never knew about putting uh putting your w hands together with your thumbs and forefingers. all of that huge piece of the dialect for 90s kids and young adults and basically like if you were in touch then you were in touch enough to be doing your sarcastic hand signals and Asking someone to talk to the hand because the face does not understand, Matt. The face doesn't understand.
2: Did you ever get the um? I I call it like the Spider Man spider web, but I think it means like I love you. <laughs> I like think the
1: oh yes, like the, oh, yeah. the well, two middle fingers that, down. That is that is the sign language of I love you. Yeah.
2: Is it? Oh, okay. I don't know any sign language. No, I know. I know you're la- about the only sign language people. I know is the J, which is taking the pinky and swooping it in the shape of a J. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's all I know. When someone would hit someone else with the the L on the forehead, that was. That was piercing during our teenage years. Oh, yeah. Growing up.
1: I can just picture like the self-satisfaction. That would ruin you for a
2: couple days.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can just picture the self-satisfaction of just walking by a pedestrian, just the stone cold look on your face, gleaming them in the eye and that L on the forehead, just getting beneath their skin like, you're not worth my time. You're not worth my voice. You're not worth my oxygen. And I'm not using any of that on you because you are... What is articulated by my hand and my forehead? A loser.
2: <laughs> I'm doing the bare minimum because you don't yeah. You don't deserve anything else. Yes. I'm just simply yes. lifting my two fingers up to my head. <laughs> I'm not wasting my breath on you. And then the ultimate trendy <laughs> hand signal, the middle finger, of course. That's
1: timeless. Well, of course. Ti- yes. Not just a 90s trend, but a, a Western civilization trend.
2: Not just if you're driving Danny Tarnable around.
1: Right. <laughs> yes, of course. Man, I'd like to shake Quarters. his hand
2: trendy what is your number two number two two? yes you're giving a good old trendy hand signal as in as in i'm putting up a a peace sign for my number two i am gonna go and it's a very late 90s fad because it was introduced in 1999 but it for that one year encapsulated my life i'm going with napster ah I, I was wondering where you're gonna
1: go. Of course,
2: obsessed with downloading songs on Napster, and then that, of course that went to LimeWire and BearShare and whatever else. Kaza, but, Kaza, yeah, that's right. I remember Kaza. Kaza Um I was downloading so many songs per day on Napster. Um, I remember my uncle had literally had I think from nineteen like forty on whenever the Billboard charts were created, he had the top one hundred songs from every single year. <laughs> Napster was a force. What whether you're you had a dial-up connection or a nice DSL line that was a little faster or or a satellite or something, it didn't matter. Whether I waited five hours or five minutes for that song to download, I was dead set on getting that song. <laughs> on my computer so I can listen to it anytime uh Napster was a big time fad for me
1: and ushering in a new wave a new generation of of music listening right yes absolutely music coming in with Napster for
2: sure I I wanted to get in on the trend from the start for once in my Mm -hmm. life
1: and the reason that we that we look back nostalgically on having to wait by the radio and record the song onto the cassette tape, waiting by the radio for them to play your song and then record it on the cassette tape. Right. Then Naster came along and you got to, those all, days were you gone. handed, handed all the, yeah, those days were gone. Handing all the power to you.
2: I made, I made all right, but, so many mixtapes, burn, burn CDs in my high school years from songs I downloaded on Naster.
1: It really was an art format of getting the right it order, really the right songs made it yeah right the right. we mood. all understood a lot more about the music industry yeah setting the mood yeah making absolutely. that mixtape
2: all rise baby that's <laughs> for um. my number two pick tony third and final pick what do you get well let's see
1: with the fifth overall pick in the 2022 <laughs> 90s fad draft tony ambrose selects was that
2: was mine too
1: damn i you i literally have
2: marketing <laughs> catchphrases
1: <laughs> oh okay
2: <laughs> well you can take oh, them all a, except for you was that. take it you, you take it you take it right out of under the rug from me <laughs> mm,
1: that, that's what good drafters do they
2: trade up good, baby good,
1: good gms we, think alike Kyrie elam could have been pick number 24th overall we didn't know I We had to get up. i should have traded ahead of you <laughs> yeah you should have you messed up because i am saying i did i am saying that of course was up a th- premier december 1999 it could not be any later to be eligible for this draft but it made it in (laughs) made it in the cut and it's still something that i appreciate of course as the go-to out signal of like outdated out of touch jokes or references as they come in like of course michael scott did it way too late, and then right. the net revealed that's why it I was to funny. us a lot about Michael Scott. Yeah, that's why I was funny. And then okay. even I was thinking about it recently, as Nandor said it in our most recent episode, the premiere of What We Do in the Shadows season four. Great oh, show. Oh, did he? He did. Oh, I'm sorry if that's a I spoiler. Didn't you, premiere, uh, I didn't see the premiere.
2: I didn't see the season four premiere yet, so that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. Dropped, I don't think yeah, that'll ruin the episode. for me. <laughs>
1: Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he drops the was up and. Uh, it is and I I have to draft it, as the quintessential sign of out-of-touch cringe hilarity and as it associates with all the other um, marketing taglines that especially come from beer commercials. That was really a high point of beer commercials. Like, that was really when the Super Bowl became, I mean, the Super Bowl was always had that commercial aspect and commercials being expensive, but, like, the game of one-upsmanship was just constantly building on itself in the late 90s of what uh, we were going to see out of these commercials,
2: including Waza. I had, I had just great, um, like marketing catchphrases in commercials were just, I, I had it more blanketed than just what's up, but that was definitely included in the list. Like yo, Kiro Taco Bell, mm. You'll snap into a Slim gym Once you pop, you can't stop. Like just every like catchy marketing phrase just that carried on decades later, even, even used today. I mean, that damn Taco Bell Chihuahua, like I can never get that thing out of my mind. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was, you, you stole it right out from under me, Tony. Well, I, I had,
1: Then I have a position for you.
2: Okay. Are you making a trade? Will, Are you bring a trade to the offer, table?
1: I, I'm going to pull an. I'm going to do an Eli Manning operation here. I will trade you. Why is that? And all marketing catchphrases for okay. the sixth overall pick, the next pick. And <laughs> The number one Cash and the number one pick. <laughs> yeah. And the number one pick in next week's draft. Oh wow. So by that so hold on. By that I mean and I trade. So actually one. this is what I, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Let me rephrase. I will trade you Wazap and all 90s marketing for the next pick okay. and all my picks in next week's draft for all your picks in next week's draft and the next pick. <laughs> so basically what I mean wow. is because we always we alternate because we alternate who goes first by the draft. So next yep. week, if you would have the first overall pick, mm-hmm. I will take, I will offer if we switch those and I will again have the first over, have the first picks, have the first overall pick and subsequent first picks in next week's draft. And you can have this, you can have marketing picks and I'm getting the next pick. Oh,
2: uh, that'd be too good to, to, to pass up. All right, all right, go for it. I'll take the, I'll take the trade.
1: You accept the trade.
2: With cash considerations, right. yes.
1: Okay, fine. Cash considerations. I'm getting all the money from t-shirt sales this week. The, all right. So, All right, Tony. So, so you have your
2: backup with number six. What do you what do you got?
1: All right. My backup is, uh, let's see here. I'm looking at my, just want to double check and make sure there's not something I'd rather have. No, nope, I think I'm going to go with, ooh, I kind of just thought of one that's interesting. Now. Okay. I think I'm going to go with, uh-huh. A a particular brand that truly is, you know, so many 90s brands are sort of coming back around or hitting a nostalgia cycle of like, we're feeling nostalgic for them. One that I feel like disappeared completely, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I'm going to take is I'm drafting No Fear. I'm drafting No Fear t-shirts. Yeah, No Fear. (laughs) The font of No Fear was such a 90s font. It was insane. No Fear, the idea of level one is a white no fear t shirt, and it's extra thick. It's like the thickest t shirt you've ever worn in your life. Double cotton. Is, it's like yeah, it's like the weight of a wet t shirt when it's dry. It's just, just <laughs> super thick and immovable. It, you can't cannot be moved. It is immovable, like a. <laughs> it's like a lead apron on your body. Right. And then expanding from there of oh, that. If you were exactly to wear basic. it in a pool,
2: you would sink and drown.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's you're going down. Right. The weight of the shirt wet would would be too much for it your kill own you. body yes. <laughs> to handle. Yes, it would kill you. <laughs> Two, then you take it into like, oh, no fears in the middle, but like Taz is leaning against it or something. Or like maybe right. Tweety Bird in Tweety Bird's uh Toon Squad yep. uniform is like popping out popping out of the O. So that's what I'm gonna take is the classic No Fear just took every fan of the nineties and integrated No Fear into it. Right. (laughs) Just a wild ride of blip on the timeline moment having just a one microscopic moment of t-shirt supremacy
2: for some reason i remember like the no fear t-shirts with it was a very distinct like cartoon eyes looking at you
1: oh yeah i feel like i had that t-shirt for sure for sure
2: yeah love love no fear is that catchphrase too i I saw i pull up a t-shirt and says if it were just about attitude everyone would have it Mm, I, mean, I do like that that's, f- the be- that's that's a, that's a good
1: catch right that's the precursor to the like exclusivity marketing run that right. we saw in the early 2000s like you need to have this yeah you need to have this because not everyone will
2: right exactly just like everyone doesn't have attitude right no that's a great <laughs> that's a great pick i feel like it was either no fear or dare shirt like those were the go-to t-shirt of the 90s dare like that you got yeah, in school
1: had... from dare yeah yeah, I got, yeah everyone wore that yeah yeah, because literally D-A-R-E. everyone had it. Yeah, literally they gave it away. They gave it. Yeah, literally every. Were you in public school in the 90s? Then you got a dare t-shirt. Probably a few. right? I right. still have one good for you because it is it is awesome. Or if you're oh, from sure. Buffalo,
2: it's like you can put a you can put a third go to t-shirt in your rotation. And that was the Lasertron t-shirt, of course.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone <laughs> had that, that birthday Lasertron t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Those are the, the trifecta of go to t-shirts in the 90s. No fear, dare and Lasertron.
1: You know honestly i feel like those three t-shirts and a couple of basketball jerseys was the whole wardrobe in fourth grade
2: yep that, that's about right that is about right drop just, that
1: weekly rotation
2: yep <laughs> just rotate it out every week
1: rotate it out and every friday is going to be grant hill pistons jersey i'm not worried about anything else
2: <laughs> Tony i had a couple of honorable mentions but since i traded my my pick away just rattle them off real quick. Pogs. I was really into Pogs for a good four to six months. Any Putt-Putt, Discovery Zone, arcade tickets I want, I'd spend them on Pogs. Wallet chains, I feel like that was a good oh, yeah. fashion statement bank. You needed to be a certain level of cool to pull off the wallet chain without coming off too douchey. <laughs> like so, wallet chains, and uh, that's all I had. Any anyway, other okay. mentions you were on a rattle off real quick?
1: I'm surprised starter jackets has not been in the conversation as a pick. You mentioned, mentioned it earlier. The Zubas.
2: I mentioned that with the Zubas. I thought. Well, I, thought I know, it, was but included. But it was
1: not picked. It went unpicked.
2: Okay. Oh no. No,
1: doesn't.
2: No. I thought I was mentioned with baggy not. clothes. It's not a pick. <laughs> oh yeah, baggy all clothes right.
1: overall, I suppose should have really been it. Yeah.
2: Jinko jeans. Yeah. And
1: then maybe, and maybe for a few months you had a baggy clothes
2: and you like rolled up the left leg. That's right. Yeah, you were real cool. That was a moment. shell necklaces. That was a moment. <laughs> a lot of big fashion trends in the 90s. Tony, speaking of Zubas and the Bills, are you ready to talk some bills? Oh, sure. Always. Always ready to talk some bills. Listeners, we'll put our best 90s fads draft online see what you think let us know who won and what your favorite 90s fads were but let's send it to marv and uh, we'll be back take it away marv 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 speech is the
1: ultimate 90s fad
2: that's true yeah <laughs> the ultimate 90s fad marv giving historical speeches right marv you're up we'll be back go go
0: bills fight bills go come
2: on let's win for buffalo and we are back Tony, this past week, you had your second, I believe, fan advisory board meeting. Of course, we are the only Buffalo Bills, Buffalo podcast with a member, with a host who is on the Bills fan advisory board. Listeners, if you have questions, if you want to give comments or anything to Tony to bring to the Bills directly, drop us a note on Twitter, drop us a DM. Uh, Tony, second fan advisory board meeting give us an overview. What was discussed? What were the hot button topics? Was it stadium, uh-huh. any promotions or anything going on for this upcoming season? Was it training camp? Uh, what was the biggest <laughs> issue of the of the night or the day discussed during this meeting?
1: Literally, Matt, I am blown away by your investigative abilities because I did not share with you anything about the meeting before. Nothing. This podcast, correct? You you have no idea what happened. Oh, so yeah. Matt, wh- the suggestions that you just offered were in order, verbatim, the agenda of the meeting.
2: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> like you said,
2: is it, no is it
1: stadium discussion? Is it marketing? Is it training camp? Matt, those are the three things in order that were discussed.
2: <laughs> you are absolutely right. I'm no like, prior knowledge to any of this. You did not drop me any notes or hints or anything. I just rattled it off with what is, what is on the minds of the, the fan. I'm a fan, Tony. I just figured I'd rattle off what's on my mind. And obviously, it was translated well to the, the fan advisory board meeting.
1: Matt, I don't know if it's the fact that I've been watching the show Maggie on Hulu lately. But I feel like this is a psychic ability that we have to hone and develop in you. Something is up here.
2: You have capabilities, clearly. My my mutant gene has kicked in. Ooh.
1: Boy, that would be exactly what I'm in for. Yes. Your powers have been revealed. All right, Matt, what am I thinking of right now? Say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Meatballs. Meatballs. Unbelievable. Got it. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Holy shit! That's because
2: that's because you had a fantastic meatball sub the other day. I'm guessing.
1: No, it's because that's what. No, oh. it's because in Seinfeld, when <laughs> well, George my powers Seinfeld going Thought he was psychic. Yeah, he said meatballs, <laughs> and that said on meatball calzone? I thought you were going to know it and actually say meatball. I
2: did.
1: Yeah, I it's guess like you're that, right.
2: Uh, I guess you're right. What's the SNL bit? with uh, Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig where they're they're very, like, corny singers. Oh, and, uh, and, Garth, and Kristen Wiig
1: has, like, the small hand?
2: No, no. They wear, like, very loud holiday, like, vests and turtlenecks and old-time singers who are trying to, like, make it big again and they come on weekend update and they they just improvise songs they're like this song is called see you on the hayride at noon Armisen will start singing and then kristen wiggled like literally like half a second after like repeat the same words so it kind of sounds like they're in unison but it also sounds like they're making it up at the same time
1: okay i feel as though i have never you seen this it to you. in my life yeah get, send it's it all over funny.
2: it's very funny i'll send it to you i'm intrigued ah. <laughs> back on track tony we digress. Stadium. What was discussed about the new stadium? What are What is in the organization's mind? What are they giving to you as a fan advisory board? And what is the discussion around that involved? So the discussion has
1: involved uh, sort of where we're at and the stakeholders, like what's on their minds. In that we're going into this week, they're going to see, they think, design phase four, or they're right now within design phase four. So it will be the fourth okay. version of a design that they're looking at. And I asked them to sort of like break down that process of mm-hmm. design phase one was just kind of like everything that everyone who took the survey said then synthesizing all that information and spewing out some terrible version of a stadium with that. And then design phase two sort of like took things into account of what each department needs and like meeting with all the department heads separately, or at least the department separately of like their needs. So for example, as the design phase evolved, it's like, we need a service floor right now. The stadium doesn't have anything underground, anything under it. In in that sense for workers, for service people etc so like has dead bodies from the graveyard but yeah right well i guess that's true yeah it's got it's on the indian burial ground that's why i've never won a super bowl (laughs) so so the like having sort of like a service floor for that as whereas right now all the workers are navigating through fans and it's not going to be like that so much in the new stadium it'll be more disney style you know in secret underground Mm -hmm. that was one example they seem to be Pretty hyped up about the entrance. They wanted to like hype up the entrance to us that the the grandest, like bragworthy part of this is uh the entrance looks adjectives they used were rough and tough. Uh and buffalo, like buffalo as an adjective, it's gonna be a very buffalo entrance. For the they new said for the new
2: stadium? Yeah, for the new stadium. Have. Oh, okay. No, for the new stadium. <laughs> What's a rough entrance look like? Uh so the, I'm intrigued. I don't know
1: yeah, like an intimidating entrance, like a very Ooh. overpower over you know, uh, and that sort of seemed to be the theme that they took both from the survey and from what people wanted and from the information gathering is that. The essence of Buffalo is, is that they want the field to be imposing, imposing on the other team and visitors to the stadium, more of a sense that, you know, this is about football. So they mm-hmm. referenced a lot, you know, like some stadiums, are about an experience maybe it's a corporate experience maybe sure. it's you know there the game is going on but there's like a lot of other activities options etc uh and that is not anything that anybody seemed to want in this field so they said they're the company legends is the company doing it legends is drawing a lot of their experience more from college stadiums in their design and in their programs and in the numbers and in what people want because what people want is truly is just football they want no nonsense football right. we're here for football don't distract me with other with other garbage right um so piece. so we don't want jerry world yeah i don't need yes exactly we don't need jerry world one piece of that that i found interesting was the discussion about design and like angles of seats designs of seats where right now you know our stadium has one of the shortest distances from row one to the sideline like fans are right there super close to the players a lot of other stadiums don't have that so much but it was important to them specifically to Terry Pagula, he's the owner, man, mm-hmm. specifically to Terry Pagula to have can be use. like, no, 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 It's, it's gotta, exactly. It's gotta be that close. It's gotta be that close or closer. Like they need to be close. We are not worried about, you know, one sort of counter argument to that was like other sports. Like, well, if it's that close, you can never have soccer there or anything like that. Terry's response right. was this isn't a stadium for soccer. This is only a stadium for the bills. We don't need soccer, forget soccer. Oh. I don't care. the same for the bill, So it's got to be the sidelines. The fans need to be close. It needs to be designed acoustically that it can be loud and that it will be loud. As loud as like the loud stadium power players of Kansas City and Seattle. It's got to be like that. Mm -hmm. And another piece of that discussion was surrounding sort of seating options in that too. So right now we have three... Basic options of what, like tickets you're buying. You're buying suites, club, or general seating. They, but other I... options do exist. So they were trying to feel out what. Options could potentially go in, go into this, you know. So whereas like some stadiums have like seven options of different things that you can kind of get, we don't really worry too much about those options because we're worried about football, not about some other experience. And especially because the corporate backing isn't there, they, the new stadium is going to have less suites than our stadium. It will have more parking, and keep in mind there's less capacity, so of less capacity, right. more spaces, and it probably will have an option between general seating and club level maybe in the form of like he was saying probably it's going to have some sort of like high top table kind of platform where maybe you get okay. service but you have a standing um, area high, yeah I, it wasn't clear if like there's actually going to be physical seats at these high top tables right. but i think there is like what like what you're buying is a tape and that's going to kind of be on the edge in the way that you would, the way you would do it. It's like, those would be kind of designed for smaller businesses that can't afford club level seats or, you know, making a huge financial commitment, but they want something that they can use and utilize, uh, in the stadium, uh, beyond just okay. general admissions too. So we might see some other seating options coming in and those were some of the updates with the new stadium. The, the only other thing that, uh, I can think of that we didn't talk about with the stadium is what's happening with the old stadium. And how that's all going to be affected?
2: They're just blowing it up.
1: Well, yes, uh, seemingly.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, so we're doing that, and then well, we have to really make sure that this new stadium can be completely open by the time that's scheduled for demolition. Right. And then what are we going to do? How did, how is that going to impact parking? Whereas, like during construction, we're going to lose some significant parking. So a discussion with that, and how sure, yeah. it's possible that it's possible that during construction there will be shuttle buses from like McKinley mall and from the Hamburg fairgrounds to the stadium.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: during construction.
2: That yeah. would be disaster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no one's really going to want that. So it's No one like, wants uh,
2: that. And can you imagine like shuttle, unless there's a, a blocked off police presence path for these shuttle buses to cart that many people back and forth from the stadium in that traffic is going to be a disaster and a half. Nobody well, is going to yeah, be on board with that.
1: The demand that will skyrocket for the private lots, I think... The, oh, yeah. how that will impact the traffic pattern is going to be right. just like a completely different ball game for the actual oh, yeah. experience that we would have, you know, going to the game. It's yeah, going to be
2: absolutely wild. Now, Tony, I, I noticed two things. First of all, throughout any of these stadium talks, the last seven minutes or so here, you didn't mention troughs. Are the troughs coming <laughs> from the old stadium? Are they building new ones? What was there any discussion about the Tross?
1: So sometimes I try to ask coded questions that are getting to Like I just want details. I want to know about troughs. I want to know about the width of the concourses because I think that in our current stadium, how wide the concourses are is such truly a blessing Um, compared to the other stadiums around the league that I've been to. Like it's wild. So sometimes I ask CODA questions because I want them to reveal those things. But I don't even think that something like troughs is, I don't think that level of detail is in discussions yet. But of course, we're all hoping for troughs.
2: And as course, a yeah. and as the you new stadium, I mean, a I presume- of to bring that up. Bring that up, Tony. Keep okay. that, keep that in their mind. I just kind of Roll don't think that they're, you know, yeah, you're right. I have
1: to bring it up time and time again. You're. That's a good point. Yes. That's a good point.
2: So you you bring it up enough where they subliminally are sitting in their office on a Wednesday afternoon and say, man, I could use a good trough. That should go in the new stadium. <laughs> I remember that guy who brought it up consistently at the last fan advisory board meeting. <laughs> now, Matt, we need to get to that point.
1: I, I presume that when the new stadium comes comes around at a certain point and they're dismantling the old stadium i presume that we'll have the opportunity to acquire things like seats pieces of the what, old stadium that was stadium. my next
2: question uh, you see you're now oh, you're okay. reading my mind now you're reading my mind wow my powers have transferred to you. That well, was literally my maybe next you're question because in my mind, oh, maybe I don't know. A lot of a lot of mind mind games going on here in this episode. <laughs> my that was a, absolutely my next question because one of my biggest regrets is when the odd went down. I did not get any seats from the odd, and I'm having a mm. hard time finding those. On the secondary market, I don't want to miss that opportunity again, Tony. So what is the deal with pieces, assets from the old stadium, maybe being sold to fans, kept around, like what's going on there? I don't want to miss my opportunity to get old Ralph seats. Maybe to put in my my man cave or my office.
1: Well, Matt, can I tell you this right now? Currently, at this very moment, I am sitting in Ralph Wilson Stadium seats because there, as you may recall, there was that opportunity during was, the, last the last renovation. There, mm-hmm. the last renovation. I have, I have two in my basement. I am currently sitting in one, of course, with my foot off as it, as it heals. Yeah, and of course. right. How is your toe? Uh, so by the,
2: the way, let's get a let's get a mid mid episode analysis of your toe. How is it doing? All right, let's see.
1: Let me, let me peel the band-aid off here. Let's see what we got going oh on boy. here. Oh, shit. Give it some air. Let it breathe. <sighs> yeah, that's a key component. To okay, so key I'm component. facing a classic issue that we all know. And that classic issue is when you wrap the band-aid around mm-hmm. like a limb. And it yep. instead of going folding over itself, it's just like meets up. So it's stuck to itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the very, challenge. I'm very tough, right oh, problematic situation. Very tough. Very <sighs>
2: the hands of a surgeon to get that band-aid wrapped in itself off. Oh.
1: Yeah, I do. Like this is
2: workers from Chipotle can wrap a wrap a burrito as good as you wrap that band-aid.
1: Okay. Matt, it is off. it appears it <laughs> appears the bleeding has not stopped. Okay. <laughs> so this is is
2: your this is your michael jordan flu game this episode
1: in many ways i would say it is you know a lot of people give kurt schilling a lot of goods on the bloody toe game but i'm
2: i'm in my i'm in
1: my own bloody toe game right now and i gotta tell you it's pretty easy
2: kurt schilling yeah
1: yeah i mean i
2: assuming that i'm
1: expelling about about as much athleticism as kurt schilling is in the world series
2: or any you know, baseball player this conversation. Yes. Absolutely. Y- yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Kurt Schilling's got nothing on Tony. Glad glad we've, we've come to that conclusion. Cause uh, I think that's a very fair and accurate state. Um, <laughs> so Tony I would- getting back to the stadium seating, I missed the odd. I missed the first go round of the renovation to the Ralph. I don't want to miss this go round. What's the word here?
1: Well, the word is seats, question mark troughs available. Ooh. If you want a trough you in your house,
2: oh my goodness. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: You can have wow. an authentic Bill's trough in your house. That's what I'm targeting. That's
2: amazing. If they do, the amount of DNA. If they on do start thing.
1: to do this. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, probably OJ's himself.
2: <laughs> probably. We could find the real killer through that trough. Yeah. A little cotton when it comes swab comes to DNA,
1: the Is there, is there any more valuable Bill's DNA than OJ's?
2: No, absolutely not.
1: They're, yeah, there could not possibly be. So no. the long and short, real answer is: I know Matt that you're hoping to acquire a trough. You say that you're yes. hoping to acquire seats, but I know seats are number two on your shopping list. Trough is number one on yeah. Name is list. trough, yeah. Right. I have no idea. I don't think it's on their radar yet. Oh, Considering okay, the new stadium cool. hasn't even been designed, I don't think it's on their radar.
2: <laughs> I figure they'll they'll do something, right? They got. They have, I to. have to. They did it for I the odd. So. I wouldn't you have uh, to think yeah. so? So I, I like, lucky mayor's up for that. That announcement. What I truly when it hope, or once the three hundred level collapses on itself.
1: Oh yeah, we should. Then they should be free.
2: Yes, <laughs> those seats should That's be available.
1: Yeah. What I would really hope for, Matt, is if you are a season ticket holder, like you should get your seats. Okay.
2: That is. Do that people is have kinda, pro- Do you, people have a problem have, with less should, seating? Yeah. Is that been I brought up, it. like how there's there's less seats? Than in the Ralph, nobody, nobody's has it, has any issues. We've moved, we've moved on from that. I guess
1: I kind of think we have. I mean, there are often questions brought up by some of the more senior members of the board. Mm-hmm. Like the the most common question for some of them is, "Are you going to do that by seniority?" Of course, because like they've had seasons for fifty years. So in some ways, the less seating I feel like is a piece of it to them because they think that there's like a scarcity that they have to fight against. The overall seating capacity
2: is. Not really discussed. Okay. Interesting. All right. So a lot of stadium discussion. Tony, what else was discussed at the fan advisory board meeting? Anything about this upcoming uh, we, season? We did have some discussions about the marketing plans of this upcoming
1: it was, season. It was a lot of sort of. There. They were looking to kind of surround things. If, if you remember the original days of One Buffalo... And nice. one blank, one Buffalo, one. It was one goal, one team, one family, one Buffalo sort of thing. Right. Uh, one family is kind of where they thought they'd be going with marketing this season. And they want to know how we felt about that. And it was at best mixed reviews. Ooh. Um, but interesting. Well, you know, some people brought up some good points. People on the fan advisory board that aren't from Buffalo or that at least don't live in Buffalo. And a lot of them brought up points, you know, that, well, now one, bu- One Buffalo brings up that I sort of maybe am expected to like the Bills and the Sabres and the Bandits and the Amerks and the Nighthawks. So now there's this expectation on me surrounding these teams that I don't really care about. And that's, you know, that was a good point. Um, And it was just basically the... Meeting turned into a focus group and it was questions like, you know, what does one family mean to you? I kind of got the impression that they're trying to size us up for what, like, what is the imagery going to be in commercials and ads of when we say one Buffalo, what resonates with you? What does that mean to you? And it was kind of mixed reviews and really that conversation evolved into a discussion of just what does it mean to be a Bills fan and what is so cool about it? What does it mean to you? Why are we special? And everyone sort of had their own answers. And then that conversation sort of evolved into how are we combating the national Impression uh, that maybe some people have that Bill's Mafia is just interested in drunkenly going through burning tables, and how do we combat that by saying, you know, there's there's more than that going on. There's so that conversation was also yes, there's more to us. There's many layers, like an onion, uh, and that. And that conversation sort of went on and we just kind of had a really empowering conversation about how Bill's fans are the greatest human beings on planet Earth and beyond. And yeah, and uh, it's clear as day that we are superior to every other fan base and everyone knows it. And if they are not willing to admit it to themselves, then that's something that only that, you know, they're only hurting themselves and keeping themselves back. So it was a very nice conversation uh, surrounding everything that it means to be a Bills fan and all the experiences that we sort of shared together, all the experiences that we will be sharing with our kids together and how it's generational. And it was beautiful. It was a, it was a beautiful conversation. I'm proud to be a Bills fan.
2: Oh, very nice. Wow. Very in-depth. Very deep. I like it.
1: It was deep. It was existential.
2: I'm surprised they're not going with some kind of like Buffalo Strong thing due to the tragic events.
1: I mean, that was a large part of it is that that's... One of the moments that is one family, like the okay. bill's coming yeah. that day to serve food, the bill's doing you know a lot of the community involvement, like that's all part of one family, okay, gotcha like that's that's gotcha. that's the family that we're in, whether your role in the family is player, owner, fan, twelfth man, staff member, you we're know all this together. third shift, third shift janitor, same one family,
2: yeah. I think that I think that would bring the uh, the McDermott era full circle because when Coach McDermott came in to this organization, like he specifically stated, this is one big family. Like he's learning the names of every one of his players, and also he's learning the names of the guy in in food and beverage who's who's giving teams me- the team meals every day. He's learning the name of the front desk. Staff. Like He's I think that'd that'd be nice. That'd be like a kind of full circle moment for the McDermott era here.
1: Mm, All right. Yeah. Good insight. I can see that. Thank you. I'll buy into that. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Thank you.
2: You can bring that to your next advisory board meeting. Um, Maybe it will. (laughs) Tony, anything about training camp? We got training camp in less than two weeks. Everyone's excited based on the website for the tickets crashing. People cannot get tickets or are in a waiting line of thousands and thousands of Bill's Mafia members. Anything brought up about training camp during the fan advisory board meeting?
1: Well, they did bring it up in the sense that it was like they're next big thing. So we had our meeting the night before training camp tickets went out to season ticket holders. And then the day after that, training camp tickets went to the general public and they they seemed confident, obviously more confident than they should have been about how training camp tickets rollout is taking place. And basically there was just kind of like a brief explanation of why it's ticketed this year. And the reason that it's ticketed this year is because with the presumed increased demand, there were going to be times and situations when Fisher was going to, go over capacity. So really it's, it's about making sure that they're at what the capacity is that Fisher can handle. And then sometimes, you know, people being in the experience of being three, four or five deep standing along the fence. Now that's an experience that, I mean, I go to every, you know, I go to every practice every year. I've been to Fisher dozens and dozens of times for these practices. Never have I not gotten a spot. Out on the fence. So that's not my experience. But I think they right. thought that this was going to be a more common experience was a crowd that was immanageable uh, in terms of making sure that everyone had a quality experience. So they wanted to make sure that they kept Fisher at capacity, which different numbers are thrown around. Some people say it's 3,500. Some people said it's 5,000. But either way, like they had to, they had to sort of limit that capacity. and And we all saw what happened? They were right with the presumed demand because it was a nightmare that many people had to go through of not being able to get tickets. And a slow rollout, some malfunctioning technology. I know that my release time, because it was by seniority, my release time for tickets was 10 a.m. I didn't get the email to release it that I could get tickets until 3.30. So it was, it was definitely a tough rollout, but I wish I had more information on the rollout that was uh, clearly executed kind of poorly, but we didn't have, we had a meeting just before that, as I said. Okay. Okay. Interesting.
2: Any final notes about the fan advisor board meeting that you'd like to give a little insight to for our listeners here? Hmm. Anything that stood out interesting to you?
1: We just talked briefly about prices. We talked about how concession prices are going to be manipulated a little bit, whereas they know no matter what they, they're kind of Adopting a model that they've seen um, some other stadiums do—that they know, like you can charge whatever you want for beer, and it's going to sell. Oh, and yes. so, and so, in the sense that if Very the exciting. other concessions, if the other items and other concessions become too expensive, they can lower those prices and. No may and charge still charge whatever they want for beer. So up the beer price. And it's gonna work out fine because they can just they can do whatever they want. They can always make things up in beer prices. So you might be seeing cheaper waters pretty soon. You might be seeing cheaper nachos pretty soon. That was a piece nice. of it. And uh it was my first time in the Dunn Tiger Club. Wow. Uh, which is where the was me- it? which was where the meeting was held. That's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, all I mean, right. you know, uh, it was fine the i think the access and appeal to it uh would be on a blustery wintry day to have that option of relief of going down to the Dun tire club but in summer it's like
2: the relief of a gun tire in the winter on your car Oh yeah oh beautifully, beautifully done beautifully
1: done man <laughs> shout out dun tire beautifully done yes okay
2: so a little dun tire club not at all it's cracked up to be apparently it's fine i'm sure in <laughs> the new stadium fine.
1: the dun tire club is going to be unreal
2: i'm sure it's going to be very very nice rubber walls and everything i'd imagine i don't know i've never been in it so i'm like rubber you, walls what um, does that even mean rubber walls rubber walls because of their tires
1: <laughs> oh okay it's I'm a theme thing all right.
2: it's a theme yeah
1: i get you i get you
2: like the bisons have theme suites i think we need theme suites in the bills if duntar has a suite, theme like suite rubber walls be fun. driving simulator a switch to turn on winter weather like you, you can go out here it's a cool. new stadium we gotta go big gotta go big or go home
1: it's a new golden stadium
2: troughs. golden troughs uh, <laughs> Colin Truss would be amazing. and then just um, a
1: complicated upside down like plumbing system where the P is traveling all over the the P is traveling in the overhang over our heads. You can see it like the veins of the stadium, like clear, in War of the world. Clear
2: tubing, clear PVC, yeah, piping. clear tubing. The, yeah. <laughs> the drainage is going. It's through. like,
1: yeah, it's
2: what powers we, we the wanna, stadium. It is. <laughs> we want to give you the whole experience. Absolutely. I think those pipes could burst at any time and just piss raining down. <laughs> right. So that is gross. Yes, that is gross. And that is also uh, Tony's review of his fan advisory board meeting. Uh, Tony, when's the next
1: meeting? Uh, I believe we're not going to be having one until the season gets going. Okay.
2: All right. So Bill's fans, if anything is has you in, in, a, in a fluster, if you're mad about anything, if you're excited about anything, bring it up to Tony. He'll take it to the board take it directly to the bills he'll let your voice be heard tony but coming up after a word from our sponsor big interview as i mentioned at the top of this episode kingsley jonathan standout defensive end from syracuse current bills rookie defensive edge we'll be talking to him great interview like i said listeners if you're going to just listen to anything during this episode listen to kingsley's interview great guy great player great story so tony with that what do you say we uh We throw it to break, and we'll be back with Kingsley. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, Listeners, we'll be back after the break. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. And we are back. Witty Nation, we now welcome to the show a very special guest, former Syracuse standout and current Buffalo Bills rookie defensive edge, Kingsley Jonathan. Kingsley, thank you, man, for coming on the podcast. How's it going today? Going good, man. It's going really good. Good. You getting ready for training camp? A little preparation. A little under two weeks here. What are you doing to prepare for training camp?
0: We're doing. I'm doing anything and everything I can do. So I have myself and the people around me like supporting me, and giving me the information I need going into. I mean, it's football. You know, just getting ready to run on the field and kind of the in the weight room. And, and, awesome, and just really giving it to develop, you know. So just looking, really looking forward to this opportunity. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. You have an amazing story in your journey to the NFL. And for the listeners who might not have heard or read about that story, just take us through growing up in Nigeria, coming to America, and then finding your talent in the game of football. How did that all come about in the twenty or so years here <laughs> you've been on this uh, earth?
0: Uh, it's it's been a crazy path, and always first of all, was always thank God for this path that He put me through, and all the ups and downs that's come with it. You know, growing up, I spent most of my life in Nigeria up until I was about 16. Um, played soccer, basketball, ran track. Came over to the United States to play basketball. Thought I was going to make it the NBA for the longest time, so <laughs> that was that was there. Uh, but when I started playing, <laughs> I know. So I was looking at other guys. Everybody else is like 6'10", 6'11". I'm like, whoa. So when I got here, I started playing football in high school. So I played one year in North Carolina, another year in um, Baltimore at St. Francis Academy. And I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship offer from um, from a few schools. And I chose um, Syracuse Um, after visiting because of Dino Babers and, and, and the program that he had going up there. I wanted to be a part of that. So I was fortunate enough to learn under some of the... Best coaches, um, play behind some of the best players that I could, that I could ask play behind. And, and, and I'm, I'm just fine, lucky to be in this position that I'm in to have the opportunity to show what I can do. You know, so that's basically and just my dream, story. Dream coming true.
2: NFL oh, wow. yeah. uh, growing up in Nigeria 16 years, did you even, did they, do they, you guys even know about football? Is, is football uh, like a known back, thing? Is the NFL back, a known
0: thing there? Back then, uh, before I left, no. We didn't know, <laughs> heard about football, but I didn't know what it was. I mean, now, i think there's like a whole lot more programs going on in, in nigeria that involve football and getting getting guys started in the game of football which is really really awesome um, but back then i didn't know what that was never watched the game didn't know any one player so at 16 i didn't know one football player i didn't know what football was so it's been like a. it was like a learning process it was like a i had to pick it up quick and uh just big credits to the coaches that I've had along the way to like instilling me the basics and and building from there you know
2: absolutely the nfl's done a great outreach globally now getting into nfl africa they just had an event Mm -hmm. in june i read about with you know Quiddy pay and a bunch of other guys do you you hope to if you you obviously know about that program i'm sure being from africa do you hope to one day kind of get in there and bring bring the game back to africa and and take what you have learned over to to where you grew up
0: yes yes most definitely that's uh, my calling—I was fortunate enough to, to feel like that. I I know what my calling is, which is to, to use my platform and position to help people in way that I can, and that is going to be like a part of it. You know, going back to where I'm from and helping them, helping people get possibly get where I am, and, and take advantage of this uh, this this blessing is going to be big. Yeah? And that's something I'm definitely looking forward to do in the future. Maybe not <laughs> as a rookie trying to make it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But definitely, it's coming out next year, next few years. Absolutely, that'd be
2: awesome. There was a there was a former Bills player, Sharice Wright, who took an Uber from Ohio to New York to get to training camp. So, I think you got him beat on in terms of miles in your journey <laughs> to get to Bills <laughs> training camp. So, um, it, it's awesome. Obviously, you mentioned Coach Dino Babers recognizing you out of Baltimore and recognizing your talent, bringing you to Syracuse on that scholarship. I mean, you have quite the resume in your Syracuse days 100, over 110 tackles 21 tackles for loss 15 sacks Mm -hmm. but i have to imagine one of your proudest achievements is your recognition off the field the you were the Mm -hmm. 2020 jim tatum award winner as the acc's top senior football student athlete you're the joseph alexander award for excellence in football and scholarship and citizenship. Like, tell us about who Kingsley is off the field and your education and information management and, and why that's something that interests you.
0: Getting to Syracuse, still learning the game of football. You know, every, till today, I'm still learning. But Absolutely. I had two guys in front of me that were really good, Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman. Both of them had a chance in the league, and um, Alton Robinson is still in the Seahawks right now. So those guys were starting, and they played <laughs> – most of the games. So I had to figure out who I was outside of the field and how else I can use my blessing to impact the community around me. So I got involved in a lot of things, a lot of programs that, that helped me and a lot of guys and a lot of people do that too. And and then I had I got involved with the SAC, um, Student Advisory Committee and. Syracuse. Um, through that program, I was exposed to a lot of different opportunities to to reach out to the community and, and, and whatnot and other things. And um, being able to find myself outside of football was important to becoming who I am today. So when I got to my junior year, my sophomore year, I played a lot too behind them. My junior year, when did they leave? I think they left my junior year and I had an extra year because of COVID. So I think, um, started the last two years, or was it? No, yeah, they left my senior year. So had an opportunity to get on the field and show, like, show, like, what I could, what I could really do, you know, when given a lot of reps and, and, and up, uh, and a lot of opportunities. So I'm just blessed to be able to have that situation early in my career where I had to figure out who I was outside of football that's how important those were
2: absolutely and become a well-rounded individual both on and off the field learning behind those guys getting your education and your degrees like I said amazing story and now you live in the dream getting into NFL training camp and with the Buffalo Bills and your most memorable collegiate moment though I mean you've had like I said your your resume is great you 15 sacks throughout your career. Like, what is, what is the one memory you take from from Syracuse that that you'll carry on for the rest of your life?
0: Uh, I would say just the locker room experiences. Uh, it was, that was, till today, I mean, we're still the kind of talking to each other like we were still in the locker room. So it's that camaraderie that comes in that football locker room that, that you don't get anywhere else. That's like the biggest thing I take out of it because those are friendships that it's going to last me for life. You know, my kids are going to call them uncles and they'll be like, that's dad's brothers. So that's <laughs> the kind of thing that you keep and take with you after those experiences. Is that
2: something that attracted you to the Bills when they came calling on draft day, that culture that Syracuse installed, that brotherhood? Cause that, that's a lot of what coach McDermott and the coaching staff with the Buffalo Bills, you know, the culture, the family, you know, the process. Is that something that attracted you to the Bills, why you wanted to join the Bills?
0: Yeah, without any doubt. Like the first, when I first went up there, uh, they invited me to local day. I was talking to a lot of the people that worked in the facility and and just learned more about the culture and and, and how it was. And getting to know them, like Coach McDermott knows everybody's names. And that's not something you see. Especially in a big organization, he knows everybody's names and, and if they have and their families and little details about people that it takes somebody that actually cares to actually make an effort to learn those things and the kind of attitude that that everybody had with them, you know, it's just some kind of family atmosphere, camaraderie atmosphere. Um, so that really like stood out to me when I went for the local day. And being able to have the opportunity to meet the D line coach, Coach Washington, and, and 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 just work out, you know, work out with them and um, see what their defense had, you know. So, um, absolutely, um, yeah, Coach Washington, Coach Marcus, being able to meet them and work out with them, those were like that, that was big, and um, getting to know the, the culture and the system and the Bills.
2: Like we. I want you to do one thing when you get to training camp though. Go to your fellow rookie, Khalil Shakir. Tell him he's got to change his handle on social media. Not it can't be King Shakir. You're you're King. It's in your name. You Uh... gotta own that.
0: I know, I know. I'm gonna have you to. You gotta tell him to change that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick him up and shake him. <laughs> I was just. Kidding. Yeah, you're bigger than him. Shake him down. <laughs> that's say
2: that's my name. I, I got I got King. <laughs> I was I was listening to an interview with uh, you during your Syracuse days, and one of uh, at, I think a game you returned from injury, you made a play, and you had a catchphrase. You yelling to the crowd. You said you said Daddy's back. Uh, <laughs> where where did that come
0: from? Where, where um, did the daddy come from? <laughs> I'm like, well, um, Syracuse, you know, um, my time at Syracuse, I would say, like, guys always looked looked to me as like the dad, you know. I had yeah. that kind of um, relationship, not like like I'm no, it's just like I tend to behave like a dad sometimes. So I had those kind of relationships with people, and 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 so. That was just my emotion, real emotion coming out. You know, having missed three games and being able to just watching the sideline and watch watch my my dudes go crazy and not being able to go go crazy with them was 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 painful obviously so being able to get an opportunity to get back out there i did anything i could get on the field like i couldn't i was injured i couldn't do much but i still stayed in an uh, extra point field goal just so i can get on the field so so not being able to go out there on defense with the guys was uh was tough so being able to finally get out there and make plays um I just just laying out some of our emotions. So it <laughs> felt good to be back today.
2: It's an, it's an emotional game when you make a big play. You you gotta let it out. I I, I think mm. you gotta when you get in a training camp with the Bills, you gotta you gotta make maybe get a new catchphrase. Maybe something with King, like I said, like <laughs> the King has arrived or the return yeah, of the King or it's good to be King. We're
0: gonna we're gonna. We're gonna fi- we're gonna figure something out.
2: We're gonna figure figure something, something out. out. Uh-huh. Or or how about when you when you sack a quarterback, you, you just whisper in his ear like you're you're the next king's ransom or something.
0: Yeah, we're the working on that?
2: Yeah, just shop them. Just shop them in training camp. <laughs> I got you. Try it out. Um, yeah, take us to. Uh, Take us to the NFL draft, you, you know, a lot of preparation. Obviously, I'm sure the Bills weren't the only team you met with or talked to throughout the process. Tell me about that feeling on draft day. You know, you didn't get drafted. Obviously, that's a disappointment, but you get a call. And, and what is that? I mean, you, your journey is an incredible journey. We, we've gone through that it's mm-hmm. just you know is is not getting drafted just just igniting that fire within you to keep, keep keep going and you know now you got another chance and impressing the coaching staff and you know to show them what you, what what you're about
0: without any doubt i took that personally um i knew i was not i guess i have to show it but that i was just sitting there and watched everybody get called and got to the last person i still wasn't called it, it was something to me i was like okay just guess I haven't shown them yet and and, and 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 that's all I'm gonna say about that but having the bills be like one of the top teams to like be reaching out keeping a contact with me throughout the whole draft and letting me know that they're not picking any defensive end and, and they want me like right after the draft and things like that and I had that relationship with the coaching staff and then and, and got to see their culture firsthand so it was an easy decision for me you know Absolutely. to go with the to go with the to, that awesome, you know, awesome organization. So that was a surreal feeling getting the call and letting them tell me that I'm going to be a Bill. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't grow up here. So I had to learn how important that call was like throughout the pro- throughout the draft process and how
2: yeah.
0: that changes, that changes everything, you know. So being blessed to be able to experience that, is, it was a big deal for me yeah. and my family. So just grateful to the organization for giving me
2: an amazing opportunity and you're coming in to an amazing organization with the coaching staff and and just the personnel and and everyone and uh, we're definitely we're we're kingsley jonathan fans We're, we're pulling for you man we know you got that that dog mentality and that fight and you know we we love guys who are under the radar who show out in training camp. So that's why I wanted to get you on the show because you know I love your story. I love the fight. I love the constant effort and and motivation. And uh you know I know you're going to carry that through training camp. So it's it's awesome to see. So take me to that call that you you get the call from the Bills. It's a it's a match. It's you're loving the fit. Take me to rookie mini camp and OTAs and just talk about you know you come from a great culture in Syracuse with Coach Babers. Mm -hmm. Talk about the culture. Stepping through one bill's drive, stepping through the door. Just w- what's the feeling like? Like you, you've made it. You're in the NFL. You, you got you got work to do, obviously. But but this mm-hmm. is this is the big time. This is the stage. Is was it kind of just surreal? Did you kind of just? take a step and kind of look around and be like man i i have arrived this is amazing
0: i didn't i i mean it started to hit like during otas that yeah like my locker is beside um uh nails locker um neil powell oh, nice. uh, receiver yep. uh, from byu so otas that's when like we're halfway through otas and we really looked at each other like yo we really got a locker and the Bills locker room, yeah, like it. That's when it really started to hit because during rookie mini camp, I was still wired. Like I still got to go prove something. So we were out yeah. there, like like it was still pro day. That's that's the mentality we had. We still had to go prove to them that it made the right decision picking, and I'm here to stay. So we had a, um, I had a really good rookie mini camp, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Going into OTAs, getting to meet the guys was big. They're self—I don't know how to explain it. Selfless, supportive, and you know, all around great guys. Like every single one of the guys in that group, you know, they're bringing us along. You know, it's just because the kind of business we're in—we're competing for jobs, you know—and to have older guys look past all that. And bring you along. That 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 says a lot about the organization and, and, and the culture within it. So I'm just blessed to be in that position. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Everyone wants to see everyone succeed. I, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. So it's a great culture. It's a great group. Rookie rookie minicamp though, did did you get the tour of Buffalo? Is this is was that your first time in Buffalo?
0: No. My first time in Buffalo was actually the um local day visit. Okay training. But you, I can't
2: did you get to eat some wings and do all that fun stuff?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, during OTAs we had uh some um some rookie rookie uh on Fridays we went out as a rookie class around Buffalo went to uh, what's that wing spot? Barbell. Yes, we went to Barbell, went to <laughs> went around he they showed us around the uh the buffalo went to the the veil you yep. the ship um Looking so we've been, we've been going yeah. around yes yeah, so we've been going around town like every friday during OTAs. TAs, you know getting to know more about uh buffalo and, and and everything around it it's a beautiful place to be you know yeah so if you had one one meal wings or your favorite food from nigeria what are you going to go uh, with <laughs> uh it's a tough one but i do miss the my uh some meals from the from, from home so i would say that
2: <laughs> <laughs> what's the go to meal what what's the what's the buffalo wing of nigeria
0: what's what's the uh, main thing nigerian jello jello fries Ooh, yes that sounds good so it is it is it is pretty good so yeah there's that they don't have that food around here do they uh, uh, I don't have a lot of them. yet. I I, yeah. I, have, I have some places that I have to try out while I'm while I'm still up there and 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 check out before probably before we leave for um, training camp. So we're gonna try. If you, out you out find
2: out. it, let me know because that sounds good. Those those fries sound you. good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you should you should try some
2: some 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 of uh. Love trying new things. Nigeria Love trying meals. new things. Awesome. So obviously the Bills are favorites to win a Super Bowl to be successful this year. And a big reason for that is bringing in a guy, your running mate on the edge, Von Miller. Have you got to meet Von? Have you got to talk to him, pick his brain? Uh, have you have you got to experience uh, or or meet Von yet?
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> anyway, it's like he's just like he's a he's a guy. It's like after the first time you meet him and it's like, damn, that's 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 Von Miller right there. And after that, and, you know, getting to know him, getting to talk to him, sit with him and, and while we're having dinner, lunch, and, and just get a pick his brain. It's just like, he's just a guy that is, wants everybody around him to get better, you know, and bringing people up around him. And, and it's awesome. Like, in the meeting room, he sits, like, right in front of me. So, I would watch film, when he sees something. He just turns around and just say, next time, do this, and try this, and do this different. And it, who else would you want to learn from, like at that, at that, uh, that has experienced, you know, at the highest level of success in the game? So that is an invaluable experience that I can't. I can't even describe how it's been. So just watching him practice and watching how he prepares him and what he does before he goes out of practice, how he takes how he takes care of his body before, uh, before and after practice, and how he approaches film and watching um, and studying and things like that is um, something that I pay attention to, you know. But um, it's been it's been really good having him and a lot of older guys. Uh, they know that know the game. They have a lot of success they won a lot of games
2: did he show you the rings they show you the super bowl rings
0: uh no we haven't seen those yet no, pull those out we're gonna have to <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to get them to put them out we haven't seen those
2: yet you guys you obviously have a lot of young guys you have yourself you have Greg you have AJ you have boogie is is Von like the the teacher and you're the students you guys just kind of just sit up and look at him and be like hey teach us teach us what you do why how you're successful how you won two super bowls or does he does he come to you does he offer hey hey kingsley do do this swim move do this spin move let me let me show you something here
0: it's been it's been funny you said it's been both ways um that's awesome if he sees if he sees something we're like a, we're a group. So we're, we have a group chat. We talk to each other. So we're like getting close in that aspect. So if he sees something that, Oh, uh, do this differently. He will come to you and tell you, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. But I'm going do that. So, yeah probably gonna work so and most of the time other times i go to him like how do you do that and how do you get him to do that like why am i doing this and why is this not working like he's gonna take his time like he one day we spent about almost 15 20 minutes we're almost late for walkthrough and all he doing he was doing was just explaining something to me and pass rush and 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 that's the kind of selfless guy he is. so that's something i'm really looking forward to learning more of, you know that's awesome
2: that's awesome yeah and talk to tell me about coach frazier coach washington they, they got to be teaching you so much they're, they're oh so
0: accomplished and, and you uh, probably you're
2: probably just a sponge right <laughs> yeah
0: they have a limited amount of knowledge that, that they're constantly teaching and, and giving out and and the way in which they teach it it's a very positive and how should i put this It's a very positive way that you want to learn more so it's been i is sufficient to say, like really good learn from um, Coach Fraser. Like it's big time. He knows what he's talking about, especially Coach Washington, Coach Coach Marcus. Those guys know the game. They study the game. They watch thousands of hours, of, millions of hours of film on the game so whatever they tell you is is the law so they know what they're talking about so just listening to them asking them questions and and and, and picking their brains and things like that it's been
2: really good That's great. Yeah, great group great coaching staff tell me who because we, we like to try to be a, a little jokey on this podcast tell me who, who you've met so far who's like the funniest guy who just get who will say something get you laughing
0: Mike Love man Mike Love has some kind of infectious, <laughs> infectious energy about him, that that you gotta smile when you're around him, and, and he's a selfless guy. Has been helping helping all the rookies out anytime. So his energy is. Second to none. So he's a funny guy, man. It's like even at the Makai softball game, the energy he was bringing, and and, and when he, that was the first time I met him. I'm like, damn, who's this guy? So, <laughs> but so that's the kind of person he is, and, and and since the very moment I met him, and he's still that same person. So yeah, his he's like up there. That's awesome. So
2: you you got to go to Micah's softball game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How was that? that? That I mean that had to be amazing. Like the, the timing of it wasn't. I mean, was what that the was city actually, needed. How 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 was that experience? Just seeing the fans and seeing the team come together and
0: seeing that many people come out after something terrible that just right. and still believe in Buffalo and what we have going on in Buffalo. Just showing up for such an event. It was packed. We saw the place. I'm like, I thought it was an actual game when I first pulled up. I'm like, do we have the right address, or is this a different park? Because it was it was packed, and um, getting in there it was it was awesome. That's the first time I met really met the vets because. It was after rookie meeting then I went to the game after that. That was the first time because that was before uh, uh, OTA started with them. So that was the first time I met them again to meet those guys in the dugout. And, and you know, the energy in the crowd was was it was crazy. You know? So that was a very good first experience with Buffalo.
2: I feel like you don't see that stuff. In other organizations, that camaraderie, that mm. brotherhood, and, you know, and and Micah in yep. his softball event is, is just one of many things this, that team does, and it's a great, it's great for you know rookie guys who've never been in Buffalo. You know, I know you're you're from Syracuse, which is kind of Western New York, but maybe people who don't know about the culture, seeing how much the bills mean to this community and the fan base. And especially after something as, as you mentioned, so tragic, it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing moment. Did you, did you go up to Josh and be like, I'm coming for you?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'd be, I was out there in the out. Field. and then when he hit his home runs I just went to dap, dap him up and, and I thought I was <laughs> dapping him up I moved my hand so he missed so yeah so <laughs> he was having a good day so as Josh That's Allen funny. man you don't mess with Josh Allen yeah I
2: mean, how about how about the leadership we mentioned Vaughn you you got to meet Micah I'm sure and and, mm-hmm. and Jordan was at, at um OTAs as well or minicamp as mm-hmm. well so you know tell me about the leadership just outside of the edge rusher group you know mm-hmm. Tremaine Those guys, you know, are they teaching you stuff? Are they showing you stuff as well? Tell me about the leadership on this team.
0: Oh, yeah. Without any doubt, those guys have been, like, supportive of the whole rookie group, you know. I can only speak – I mean, I'm sure it's the same and on the side of the ball, but speaking on the defensive side, it's like everybody's looking out for each other, you know, so – I was, I had some questions about coverages and I, and I went to uh, <laughs> Jermaine and asked him. So that's how open I feel like on the defensive side that we are with each other and being able to just talk to somebody. And yeah, the leadership is, and especially outside of the defensive end, it's like big feel. um It's like has a lot of wins under his belt and a lot of experience in the, in the game and everything. And, being able to learn from and be led by people like that—it's like it's a really good thing to have in your first year going into the league.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Do you talk to other guys who are with other teams and and how their experiences? You guys, you keep in touch with your, your college teammates?
0: Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, we talk to them. Um, I would say for the most part, everybody's like having really good experiences so far. You know, some teammates I have like that I am and, and still in the league. Trying out Josh Black, you know. Um, speaking to him, he just signed with New Orleans not too long ago. I said not too long ago, it's been a few weeks, but awesome. he's had positive experience too. You know, uh, trained with a couple guys, um, Will and uh, Mike. He signed, Will signed with the Vikings and Mike with Kansas. So, for the most part, everybody has had that good experience, you know, especially being your first time around this business. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, Kingsley, man, awesome talking to you. That's all I have. We don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you're busy preparing for training Mm -hmm. camp, but you got workouts to do and everything and you know we'll, we'll be there so we'll we'll shout you out and you know we're we're definitely cheering for you and, and we love uh what you had at Syracuse and we love that you're on the bills because you were definitely someone when we were talking about our draft uh you know during our draft shows that we had on our radar you know being kind of in our backyard at Syracuse we definitely mm-hmm. had an eye on you and we we're hoping you land with the bills and so glad you can join us and we can and myself and the listeners can hear your story. And, you know, we're pulling for you, man. We know you're going to bring it in training camp. And, uh you know we we hope you're on the bills for for a very very long time cuz uh you know i think i think you're a special player with a lot of talent and uh i think you can make an impact on this team and one day help us uh you know get the ultimate ultimate goal super bowl <laughs>
0: yeah, man I appreciate it man I appreciate you guys having
2: me absolutely man good luck at training camp like i said you know a lot of success in your future we know that so thank you man for joining the show we appreciate it and uh we'll see you at training camp but before you go though give the listeners where they can follow you on social media Keep up with you at training camp, uh, Twitter, Instagram. What, where can the listeners follow you?
0: Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, K I N G G underscore J1 um, on Twitter, or Instagram. Reach out, Bill's my fit you know how it is let's do those
2: mafia yeah those mafia definitely fall kingsley check them out training camp tickets are sold out already i don't know the website crashed the other day <laughs> people trying to get mm-hmm. training camp tickets so everyone's excited for this season and, and we're excited to see you out there man so good luck best of luck to you thank you thank you thank you again for coming on the show we really appreciate it and uh have a good night we'll see you we'll see you soon at training camp all right appreciate it awesome man peace thank out you. take care and we are back once again a big thank you take Bill's rookie defensive end Kingsley Jonathan for an awesome interview coming on the show giving us some of his time again a name to watch during training camp but we're always looking for under the radar guys who are going to make an impact who are going to make their presence known I I firmly believe Kingsley is going to be that guy to open some eyes out there at St. John Fisher. So Tony wrapping up the episode, a thank you to as always to our sponsor traveling growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Cause starting at just $5. Check them out. Check the website out. Awesome product for the summer, actually for all seasons, www.travelinggrowler.com. t shirt store, teespring.com. You can also find our Buffalo brothers design on the built in Buffalo fan shop at bibfanshop.com. Support the podcast. Check out our cool designs, a uh, bunch, of, bunch of designs for 90s kids like ourselves and, and all you out there. So, teespring.com, search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Where the listeners can find the podcast. You can find the podcast, of course, as always on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, search Built in Buffalo, search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Subscribe. If you like us, leave us a review. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Tony, email, email. No, Tony, Twitter handle (laughs) for the listeners. Where can the listeners find you? You're going to want to find me
1: at Tony Ambrose
2: at tony ambrose at tony Simple, Ambrose
1: and as <laughs> of and i think if my math is correct uh at least one at least in some cases you're going to be able to easily find me if you search the hashtag tony tweets camp yes
2: that's because right because we
1: this will be our this is our last episode by the time we record again there will be at least a practice in at fisher yep camp is upon us that's my right. friends
2: camp is here tony tweets camp your go-to source for all camp daily happenings Make sure you mark Tony tweets camp hashtag on Twitter. Uh, Tony will be tweeting uh, most every day from camp. Uh, So we'll definitely be retweeting that from. Our podcast handle as well at witty sports seven one six on Twitter Instagram we not funny sports on TikTok follow us we like to fall back we share the love so give us a follow hit that follow button those mafia saber swords people out there um, Tony final send off for listeners what do you get mm, that's Good it thought. <laughs> just hmm. yeah. That's about it. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and as I always say, go Bills, and of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Training camp is upon us. Go bye. Bills. See ya. Peace. Bye. Thanks, Wilson. Bye.
0: Marshawn well, is a fresher breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's twelve times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. <laughs>
2: that really is
1: still
0: swollen, isn't it? <laughs> so it it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you the, for that. Stitching you yeah. got it. Thank you. Well, hey. hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. You build a bump. You build a bump.
2: It's your boy DM3 and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.